Welcome to Battery Insiders, your podcast providing you insights in the fascinating world of batteries. Hosted by Pavia Cha and Simon Engelke. And we're back. Thank you for joining us, everyone, for this next uh, edition of Battery Insiders. Uh, we just had a great conversation with Dr. Martin Buse over on uh, Clubhouse, and we're lucky to have him join us for the reflection this time. Um, Simon, Martin, welcome. It is great to chat with you guys. We just had a really uh, exciting conversation uh, over uh, with the community. They they always get really excited at the end and so many things came up there, deep sea mining. And um, of course, on our on our topic for today, circular, battery circular economy and practice, there was just a lot going on in terms of policy and legal structures, um, battery form factors, recycling, what stuck out to you guys? Thank you so much, Bavia. Yeah, very much agreed. It was a great session. I think it covered lots of ground. And yeah, I think Martin gave a really great introduction of the topic and some of the work they're doing, you know, with, with the organization, but also beyond that, like, you know, from his research and things before. And yeah, for me, maybe something I can kick us off and then maybe Martin want to go next and maybe Bavia Want to add some things as well, but I think what stuck out for me was, on the one hand, you know, the complexity of the topic, right? And I think you also mentioned as Martin, um, you know, if you want to, you have like demanding customers in some way. I mean, you didn't say it this way, but I mean, the the way it is, right, that everyone now wants to, you know, make sure that whatever they're using is, you know, like you know, whatever they're doing is is the right thing to do. So let's say if consumers now switching over to um, battery powered, you know, and solar powered, energy powered systems. They want to make sure that this is actually better for the environment, you know, and that's better from a CO2 standpoint. And of course, also some of the ethical questions we lightly touched on as well. And um, I think, you know, it's really exciting that actually you with your organization really now, you know, says, okay, let's really make this, you know, let's make it an asset in a way to say, you know, let's really build a platform around this and really take take this serious. Let's take our customers serious. We know what they want and really trying to provide them the numbers, the data, you know, and really show them, that we can do improvements there and really like be proactive rather than, you know, let's see what others are doing, but really trying to take a stand and move on that. Um, so I think this was exciting to hear and also got a bit of, a bit of the response, but of course, you know, people always have more questions and they're going for the next level and the next and the next. So I'm also kind of curious, maybe what are your thoughts on that, but also Martin, maybe, um, you know, whatever stood out to you today, um, but maybe some of the questions you found interesting, maybe surprised even, and maybe the, you know, just any, any thoughts you have, Martin, anything you want to add? Yeah, sure. Uh, thank you very much again for, for having me. And I think it was, it was very exciting um, to hear what other people think and to kind of hear other ideas. So I think it was definitely worth it today. <clears throat> so what did stuck out for me? I think maybe I can try and summarize like the three key messages from my side. So I think number one um, is that you know, we have many different levers um, along the supply chain to make it more sustainable, to make it more circular, and uh, everyone can can focus on what they can do. And I think today I kind of wanted to highlight that within the use and end of life phase, there is a lot that can be done, even though a lot of the focus is often on the upstream, on the mining, <clears throat> on the production side of things. And I wanted to really highlight that there's lots that can be done also still during the use phase and afterwards. And um, the second point I think that also spurred a lot of interest is that when I'm thinking about 
um, optimizing this and when I'm thinking about second life, um, I'm really thinking about um, keeping it within the application. So what can we do to keep the batteries and the cells within the loop of the originally intended application as long as possible? Because that's always kind of preferred or easier um, than switching between sectors and, and applications, for example, from an EV towards stationary. And I think um, yeah, number three is what enables all of this um, during the use phase is really making sure you do collect the right data and you are able and you build the capability within your organization to make use of that data. Very no, thanks so much for, for summarizing it and sharing that. And um, Bavia. Yeah, thanks. You. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, I think one of the things, I, Simon might get a laugh out of this. I'm always looking about standardization and what's gonna drive the change. It seems like, from our conversation and some of the things you said, um, don't overregulate, don't do too much, do less, let the market do its thing. Uh, do you feel like it's already that's already kind of taken off, or do you feel like things are still more in R and D phase, and um, it's it's too early to really drive um, like robust change industry wide as far as circular economy practices go for batteries. Yeah, I do think a lot is already happening at different points in the value chain. And <clears throat> with regulation in this space, you just have to be really, really careful. You understand what you're doing and you understand what the implications are. And that's just something I want to kind of raise that policymakers are very mindful of. Um, maybe also the unintended consequences of, of what they are regulating. Yeah? Mm, and that goes in particular for the EU um, battery regulation. And so we have to be careful to not create any adverse incentives and to not make it too complicated for all of the, the participants. And um, especially when it comes to the downstream part of the value chain, I think a lot of these things that can be done and that are being done, um, you know, they don't need special don't need special incentives necessarily because they are in the best interest also of the firms involved and the customers involved. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. I think another thing you mentioned was sticking in the sticking to the same application versus switching applications. And I think switching applications I've heard of a lot and it seems to be such a hot topic, um, very like popular conversation, but but let's see if if uh, if people end up really, really deciding that they're just going to stick to one. Um, application that, that that'll be interesting to see what market drivers um, make that happen, or even what R and D what R and D yeah. comes up that really gets people thinking. Oh, maybe we should be sticking to the same bespoke applications that the battery was created for to maximize efficiency and optimize um, like resources. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's about the priorities or the hierarchy, let's say. And I'm just saying this is where we start. You know, and doesn't mean that. You know, there still might be value afterwards, and you still might be using your battery or the cells for a different application. I'm just saying, let's make sure we get a most out of the, the first life, let's say. Yeah. So, and I think I made the example with the with the Volkswagen ID4 and the different capacities. You know, there's people with different preferences and uh, different driving ranges that they require, and it's similar in, in other applications. And it's just about the hierarchy that I think we really want to make sure that we get most out of it 
And then we can still see whether it's then worthwhile trying to repurpose it for another application or whether um, it's then better to go to recycling directly. Mm -hmm. That will be you know, decided individually and for sure there's going to be a market for both of these, uh, both of these topics. Yeah. And we do these things, see these things already. Yeah. I mean, I mentioned Tadpo Towers in China. Um, there's many other examples of companies in Europe repurposing EV batteries. So it is happening anyways, yeah. just a matter of hierarchy and prioritization. Absolutely. Simon, any thoughts? Yeah, maybe just one last thing also. I mean, one thing I find really fascinating, Martin, is, and I think it's very much connected to what you're just talking about is, you know, the, the role of the consumer. I mean, I think what was really interesting for me today, like this kind of conversation about what's the role of the consumer, what's the role of, you know, the, the, the company, and of course, and also from a regulatory perspective. And the one thing I think was quite interesting, you know, just looking at this, I mean, of course, there's many challenges around batteries and one, you know, we really spoke about the missions and really saying, you know, what's what's like, a, you know, essentially give the consumer the transparency and give them essentially the ability to see what's better, you know, environmentally. And I think what you kind of connect to this one, right, like this kind of refurbishing and kind of extending the life, you know, and like you have this kind of platform you were talking about, what you're developing, that the consumer can say, look, you know, my battery is now not at 80%, it's at 60%, that's still fine, as you said, and in some cases it's, it's rated fine. But now I need a bit more capacity, so I'm you know adding some other extra batteries on. Or I'm refurbishing it and all these kind of things, and really say you know here this is an option to the consumer. And I'm just curious, Martin. I mean, this is something you already have been testing now to really see if the consumers are ready to adopt that. Because some of them might also say, "Oh, look, I mean, that's, I I I get that you tell me now this is good from a mission standpoint, but actually I'm not willing enough yet to say you know I'm I actually want this new next battery kind of thing, but I want a replacement or something. I'm just curious." How willing are the consumers now in your kind of experience and your viewpoint right now to actually, you know, work with you on this, you know, say, look, let's really reduce the emissions together rather than say, I just want the best thing for me, what I believe is the best for me at this point. Yeah, I think so far customer feedback has been really, 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 really positive and people are interested and they want this from us and they expect this as well. <clears throat> and um, yeah, we, we haven't been rolling out this as a platform yet. I think that's the next step for us. So far, we are kind of in the pilot phase, making sure we establish all the processes, establish all um, on the analytics side of things to make sure this can really scale. Um, but yeah, our customers and uh, like the first interest definitely is there. And I'm, I'm very optimistic. Fantastic. I'm very curious to hear more about this, Martin, and maybe also see in the future, maybe come back sometime and tell us, you know, how it's kind of developing further. And I think it's very important to kind of really, you know, to make sure that the customer is kind of involved. And I think often I think people are a bit um, hesitant. We have this discussion in the past where, you know, people are hesitant to, to like, you know, share off information when it saves the consumer and give them full transparency. And I think it's actually, especially in these days, right, where I think it's, it's definitely more mainstream these days to talk about, you know, climate change and, of course, like, you know, be, be, you know, it's a much bigger topic than it was before. And I think also in the mind of consumer, um, that's, that's much bigger. And of course, you said also in your use case, it's a very, um, you know, it's like a very premium kind of also, um, or like premium, but like also very knowledgeable, maybe um, user segment. Bavia, did you have something on that? I think, no, I don't. I think we, it's been really nice to hear from both of you a bit about our reflections from our conversation today and to learn a lot from both of you. And I just want to say thanks for uh, making the time and taking and for making it possible.
Okay, thank you from my side and uh, talk to you soon. Yes, talk soon. Um, join us next time for our next uh, uh, rendition of Battery Revolution over on Clubhouse. And we hope to uh, get all of your input for, regarding Battery Insiders. Feel free to reach out to us for those of you listening um, uh, for future topics, future speakers. And um, with that, Simon, I think we can call it for today. Absolutely. Yeah. On a big thanks again to Martin to, to spend your time with us. I think it was a fascinating conversation. Same to you, Bavia. And yeah, maybe just one last quick thing, you know, as, as discussed was earlier, the next session is in about a month's time. It's on the first Saturday of next month. So the first Saturday of March. So don't miss out. Also, if you don't want to, if you want to be notified about the next session, you can go on batteryinsiders.com and put your email down. So you're going to be notified on this. And yeah, also if you're on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, or any of these other platforms, Please give us a like. That really helps us to, to increase. So you can also comment now on Spotify. I saw, um, yeah, and you know, feel free to to share it with any of your friends. Really helps us to you know to share these insights. And really, it's always really amazing to see all this and hear from all the people who have been listening to us in the past. So thanks everyone. Have a wonderful day, and see you very soon.